I want to begin with a poem, which I suspect will soon become familiar to many of you, since its words form the lyrics to hymn 661 in our hymnal, written by William Alexander Percy in 1924. It goes like this. They cast their nets in Galilee, just off the hills of Brown. Such happy, simple fisher folk before the Lord came down. Contented, peaceful fishermen before they ever knew. The peace of God that filled their hearts, brimful and broke them too. Young John who trimmed the flapping sail, homeless and Patmos died. Peter who hauled the teeming net, head down was crucified. The peace of God, it is no peace, but strife closed in the sod. Yet brothers pray for but one thing, the marvelous peace of God. During my time in seminary, I spent a summer as a hospital chaplain at a small rural hospital along the northern neck of Virginia. Located in a coastal community not far from where I grew up, I spent a lot of time listening to stories, stories from people who make their living out at sea. And what I grew to learn, what I grew to learn from these encounters, as I met not just fishermen, but longshoremen and other shipyard workers too, is that fishing, like most marine trades, is no easy job. The hours are long. The work can be quite dangerous. And because your income is tied to what you catch, money is not always stable. Even so, even so, a number of the folks I talked to said they couldn't imagine doing anything else. And though it was not a universal sentiment, I came to see that for some it really was a vocation, and there was joy abiding alongside the challenge in their work. Likewise, likewise our gospel passage for today also has a thing or two to teach us about fishermen as we hear the call story of these disciples. Found as they were mending and casting their nets, Andrew, Peter, James, and John answer God's summons. They leave behind the trade they knew to fish for people instead. In the time leading up to this moment, I suspect they knew challenge in their work. I suspect they grew tired of nets that always seemed to break and of the fickle wind that often left their shales flat as a sheet. But like the folks I met in my summer chaplaincy, I suspected there was joy abiding alongside the challenge and maybe, maybe even peace. While the difficulties of a living made at sea are likely quite foreign to many of us, my guess is that our own trades have taught us something about the challenges of making ends meet, even if not especially when there is joy abiding alongside the challenge in our work.
And what I'm wagering many of us also know is that joy abides alongside the challenge in our calls to follow Jesus in that living as well. Or as Percy put it in the poem I began with, the peace of God, it is no peace, because peace can also be strife. Yet what Andrew, Peter, James, and John have to teach us is that God's call is always worth answering. Yes, peace can also be strife. And yes, the path of discipleship can also be a rough road. But the truth remains that God's call is always worth answering because it offers the only peace that is a true peace and because it charts the only course towards a true life. Still, what cannot be missed, what cannot be missed is that ignoring God's call, God's summons, is no peace as well. What the scriptures show us again and again is that when God calls, God usually gets his way. And I think the reason why, I think the reason why is that our God is a God who wants to be in relationship. He is a God of unending invitation. And so I have to wonder, what's stopping us? What anxiety or doubt has us clinging to our nets so hard with such intensity that we simply cannot let them go? I suspect, I wager, that part of the problem is that we fear we won't be able to do it. We fear that we're not up to the task. And I get that, because I've been living through these months just like you have. And I have certainly wondered if I'm up to it too. But what I can't shake, what I can't let go of, is the truth that attempting to ignore the challenge, the strife, and the sin of our moment is no peace. It's no peace at all. Which is why I am grateful to be a Christian. Because three decades ago, my parents stood around a font, and they made vows, and they united me to communities both local and global, who have all committed to the same thing, which is the peace and joy and challenge of a baptized life. Beloved in Christ, let us never forget that those vows, be they vows of baptism or marriage or ordination or any threshold moment in the Christian life, let us never forget that those vows are made strongest when they are refreshed again and again by our gathering together, virtually or otherwise. And what I hope, what I hope we also realize, what I hope we also never forget, is that as we learn to pray for but one thing, that marvelous God-given peace Percy speaks of, that such prayers are never said in a silo. No, they are prayed together with angels and archangels, with saints and martyrs too. Because when we pray that prayer, when we seek to follow Jesus in transforming the world, we do so with every choir in heaven cheering and calling us on. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.